Hello, welcome to Okawa Book Club. So we're your hosts, I'm Dylan. I'm John. And we're going to be discussing the teachings of Riho Okawa. Riho Okawa is a world teacher, master, and CEO of Happy Science Group. All right, so today we have a book called The Nine Dimensions, Unveiling the Laws of Eternity by Riho Okawa. And this is another one of the most fundamental books of happy science teachings of Riho Okawa's works. And it starts uh, with a few chapters, actually six chapters, very simple titles. The world of the fourth dimension, the world of the fifth dimension, the world of the sixth dimension, the world of the seventh dimension, the world of the eighth dimension, and the world of the ninth dimension. So we are now in the third dimension, so we don't have to learn about it. But this teaches us about the dimensions above us, and it's so fascinating what exists in those dimensions. But before we go further, John, could you read from the preface of this book? Sure, Dylan. This book explores the third pillar, the world we enter after we leave this body. In these pages, I have summarized and explained the eternal truths that form the basis of that world, which encompasses this one in a precise, logical way for the first time in history. This book uncovers the long-hidden eternal mysteries of life. The ultimate secrets of Earth's spirit group, cloaked for so long by a veil of myth, are finally revealed. I dedicate this book to the world with the earnest hope that it will help us surmount all difficulties and achieve the unification of all religions in the world. Amazing. So it has such a noble aspiration, but it can achieve that aspiration because the contents really show that this is totally possible. And we are all eternal travelers. It is the contents of this book which teaches us that we never really die in the true meaning. We are continually living on, reincarnating, going back to the spiritual world, living there for some time, coming back to this world again, and this cycle never ends. So we do have eternal lives. And this book is also called The Laws of Eternity. And this timeline that we live on, it goes for eternity. But what we have to realize is we are constantly moving through space. And this book teaches us the fundamental structure of space and the universe. Everything is based on dimensions. Everything is based on this hierarchy of the dimensional system created by the fundamental creator of the universe and who we call El Cantare. And through understanding the contents of this book, you will know which direction to walk. You will know which direction humankind is evolving towards and how each soul is continually aiming to progress up this staircase of the dimensional structure until we get closer to the fundamental being who is sometimes called Buddha. And the book also teaches us about Buddha's life, the life of Jesus, the life of Moses, and many religious teachers, where the angels live, where the archangels live, and where the beings who are called gods in history reside. And moreover, not just on a vertical level, but also on a horizontal level, there are seven distinct colors of light, from yellow, white, red, etc. And our souls tend to gravitate towards a certain color, depending on our tendency. So if we think loving thoughts, we, will, we might be connected to the white light. If we think thoughts about order and propriety, we might be connected with the purple light. 
so we know exactly where our souls really belong and then who we really are from this macro scale perspective of the whole universe. So that's so fascinating to me. Yeah, absolutely. What in this book really fascinated you, John? Um, well, a lot. Uh, <laughs> so The Nine Dimensions, uh, Unveiling the Laws of Eternity, uh, was the very first book I read from Ryokawa, even before The Laws of the Sun. Mm. And uh, I was immediately attracted to the book for two reasons. Uh, and those were that, number one, I was familiar with the um, super string theory of uh, the physicist uh, Mikio Kaku, uh, and the idea that there were multiple dimensions. Um, and I, you know, there was, I understood that he was explaining it in a purely kind of mathematical way. And I was, I was always a bit bothered that he never even indicated the idea that there might be, um, you know, I guess a spiritual element to it. Not that he would as a theoretical physicist, but, uh, and the other reason is that I, um, have studied the, the Kabbalah, uh, and even taught it and written books about it over the course of several years. And, um, so the nine dimensions, if you were to look at the lower part of the tree of life as the third dimension and then go up from there, you know, it, it works out with the tree of life and the Kabbalah. So, and what I loved about it is that in that system, you're looking at the higher dimensions kind of in a more abstract way. Mm. And that was how I always understood it. And then when I read this book, it was the first and only time to the state that I've ever come across an explanation of the heavenly dimensions where it's actually explaining in great detail what each dimension is like, mm. what types of beings reside there. Um, and not in, not in an abstract way, like very specifically what types, what mm. they're doing, mm -hmm. um, and how the process of ascending through these planes. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, it's just incredible. It, it's a roadmap for the evolution of the soul. Um, it puts the, uh, grand perspective of what we are, where we are, uh, you know, into its proper place for us. And I mean, it's, it's just an astounding book. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And perhaps if you're a Christian, you might think there's just one heaven and one hell. And then the heaven is maybe a land of clouds and everyone is just talking to each other or walking around. There's no real description of what's going on there. And then in hell, people are tortured forever and then burned in these flames by Satan. That's what they think. But actually, what we find in this book is that within each world, there is so many different areas. So maybe in heaven, we can find people working, people with, with jobs, or they want to contribute to the happiness of others. So they have some function or purpose. And then they are living almost regular lives. However, they have some abilities which they are amazed to find out that they have. For instance, if they want to walk over a mountain, they realize, maybe I can fly, and they can. Or they can walk through walls, or they can imagine things, or they can create buildings from ancient times or modern times. They can create things with the power of their thoughts. It is completely up to their consciousness or their mind. So if we understand what's in someone's mind while they were alive on earth, we will have a good indication of what they will experience in the higher dimensions or whichever dimension they go to. So if they have a mind which is filled with grudges, desires, and attachments, perhaps they will go to the world that religious people might call hell. 
but we find out that that place is just a very small part of the fourth dimension. It's not equal to heaven. It is a very small part where people whose desires and minds were warped, they go to this little tiny place called hell, but they don't, they don't last there forever. They have a chance to reflect on their lives, to repent for their mistakes, and then return to the heavenly world, and then reincarnate again into this world. So that is why it's the laws of eternity. It's an eternal cycle that we're all going through. And it's really fascinating the more you learn about it. Absolutely. I, I like how you said, you know, they could uh, create, you know, buildings, whether ancient or modern. And one thing I, I found uh, was really cool in the movie, The Laws of Eternity, which is kind of an accompaniment to this book, was that the way that the deceased people, maybe newly transitioning into, you know, the fourth dimension were dressed was very modern, you know, mm -hmm. in business suits and so on. Um, and I think that that speaks to the fact that even the heavenly dimensions change over time. It's not like everybody's going to be wearing like, you know, robes and dressed like, you know, in the ancient temples. I mean, it's going to be contemporary there, you know, uh, mm -hmm. when we when we go there. And I think that's just, again, such an interesting concept uh, that brings a more practical and grounded approach to this that you're just, you, I, I, I've never come across elsewhere. Hmm. Yeah, it you can almost use it as a textbook as well to really dive deep into how the whole system works. It talks about the nature of space. It says that space may be described as ha having height, width, and depth that make it three-dimensional like a box. This is one definition, but it is not entirely correct. This definition does not include the spirit world, which consists of the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, dimensions and beyond. The true nature of space extends far beyond the three dimensions that dominate our everyday life on earth. Space is essentially a field of energy or consciousness that can take all kinds of actions. As a result of these actions, all phenomena emerge, those that we can perceive as well as those that we cannot. It goes deeper into the flow of space and time. So you will feel like after reading this that your mind has been blown or completely amazed that you know so much about the world that you never knew about before. And then you can also learn about things that people are doing right now, such as Mozart, who lives in the world of bodhisattvas, where he is working on Christian music, whereas Beethoven lives in the lower area of the world of bodhisattvas, which is coincident to the seventh dimension. So you can find like things about Einstein, Carnegie, and other high spirits, and what they're doing now. Even though they exist as consciousness in the other world, they're still trying to do something to contribute to people on Earth. So John, is there anything else from this book that really astounded you or you thought is worth really mentioning in this podcast? Yeah, I, I, a couple things I would, I would say that were really uh, stuck out to me were... Number one, the different colors that are emanating from mm. the ninth dimension and how each of those are a current that uh, sort of pervades through the dimensions from, you know, the higher into here and influence all of the different elements of existence that we exist as and exist alongside with in our everyday lives. Um, mm. And the correlation of those colors with uh, either a high religious figure or a, 
a, a form of God that is worshipped by different religions. Mm. Um, and I find that this creates, like, the way I see it at least, is it's almost like a wheel um, that is emanating in all directions to all of the different people in this world, different groups of people, religions, and so forth. And it's also, it's not just emanating outwards, it's also... It's a, it's kind of a two-way thing. So it also brings them back to the source, mm. you know. And I think there's just a really beautiful unifying element to that, mm. uh, which you know, it, it's there's an eclecticism, but it is not just. It's not a. It's not about multiplicity per se. I think it's about unity, mm. and it's it's just a beautiful message um, and a beautiful dynamic. <laughs> wow, that's so fascinating. Yeah, and as you mentioned, so there are these seven colors. And for example, I mentioned about Jesus Christ being of the white light. So he's at the very top of this white light color from the ninth dimensional world. And underneath him, we learn about some names which are very popular in the Western world, such as the archangels, Michael, Gabriel, Raphael, Raguel, Sariel, Uriel, and Fanuel. So these are the... Um, the seven archangels of Christianity, or also known in Judaism, but they it speaks about their roles in this world. So I think that people who are Christian will really like to learn more about who these beings are. And also, as you mentioned, the high spirits, they reincarnate, and they return in different forms. So as controversial as this may sound, but this book teaches us that, for example, Jesus Christ has many reincarnations and he was born in many different areas of the world so we can learn who he was and even different religions which he was a part of such as Krishna who is now worshipped in Hinduism so we can find amazing secrets about the world through this book it's almost too much to understand for one person but if you read it and reread it and then read it again you'll start to really get to the essence of how the world really works and I think that's so amazing. All right, so before we go, I would like to read from part of the afterword of this book. It says, The laws in this book are eternal. In time, the truth of God that I teach will be widely accepted and conveyed through time to countless generations. Those of you who have opened your spiritual eyes know that these teachings cannot be delivered through anyone but the very Creator who resides in the ninth dimension. If Zen Buddhism is a small hill in the garden, then the enlightenment that has been put to words in this book is far taller than the majestic peaks of Mount Everest. This book is humankind's greatest hidden treasure, finally unveiled. It is El Cantare's gift of profound compassion sent to everyone living today. Amazing. So if you'd like to find this secret treasure, you can find it at Happy Science locations or online at Amazon.com. You can also learn more at OkawaBooks.com. It was great talking to you again, John. Likewise, Dylan. In these trying times, stay happy, healthy, and positive.